Hey Woomies, welcome or welcome back. We are absolutely thrilled to bring you the Woom Table Talks podcast. My name is Lori Fleming. And I'm Angie Stenbach. We together are the founders of The Womb, the world of my baby. The Womb is a wellness center where families connect to be nourished, nurtured, supported, and inspired through life, anytime, anywhere. Every episode, our beautiful host, Jamal Patrawala, connects you with a community of experts, their families, parents, and people sharing their messages of origin, their development, and growth to and through parenting. Hi everyone, my name is Omal and welcome to our podcast, Moon Table Talks, where today I'm so excited to welcome Don Gunn. Don is an amazing postnatal doula here at the World of My Baby in Canada. And uh, today Don is here to share her insights and her experiences as to how to parent tweens, teens, and how to do that in a way that we're aware and mindful. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait to hear these insights because I have two teens of my own. And uh, with that, I'm going to let Dawn introduce herself and share with us briefly her origin, her development, and growth. Thank you, Mal. I'm glad to be here today and share some of my experiences and um, hopefully learn something as well as we take on this journey. Um, so basically for myself, I was a support worker for the last 20 years. Um, I dove into the world of social work. It spoke to me from various volunteer opportunities that I had had. I really felt like I wanted to um, nurture and support families. So as I was doing that for 20 years, the last eight years I spent in management and I really missed working with people. So as I was exploring just different opportunities and trying to find out a, a different path uh, for myself, I came upon the postnatal doula program and, and I thought, you know what, what's you know, the harm in, in taking a, a workshop and finding out some more information? And as I did, it just really spoke to me. Um, I started, I found out about the world of my baby and went in and everything, their values, their belief system just really spoke to me as well. And I started to get excited about maybe this new venture in my world. Um, and I was really nervous and really scared to take on that adventure, but I did. I, I took a, a bunch of different courses and one of the things that I was really worried about is I kept thinking, I'm going to fail, I'm going to mm. fail, I'm going to fail. And I was just really, really nervous. And I saw this quote and it said, what if you fly? And that made me make the decision to transition from being in management to becoming a postnatal doula. And it's been this amazing experience to work with families and and help them you know, be side by side and really work, working with them and, and nurturing this new role of becoming a, a family member with this new baby in their world. Um, and as I've been navigating some of those experiences, I thought, 
you know, of, of so many people around me that are also going into that new journey of parenting a tween or teen, Mm -hmm. Uh, because I feel like there's so much love and guidance and support and nurturing that happens when you are, um, have this new baby in your world. What happens when you have a tween or teen? It you're diving into this whole new new world and this new experience. Uh, your tween and teen are also going through a new experience with so many changes that they're experiencing, not only with their body but with their the hormones and the emotion and everything is just so new and it's so fresh and. I don't think we talk a lot about that. So that's what this new journey for myself has brought me to kind of reach out and, and find different um, information on on how to do this as mindfully as possible and and uh, and have these experiences that's, together. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So clearly you have a tween or teen in your household, John, I'm assuming. Yes, I do. Yeah. And um, I'm curious as to what you are noticing. What is sort of that key change that has happened in your role as a parent then now that you are um, parenting a tween and a teen in your household? I think for me, it was just understanding that my role has changed a little bit. And I think that I, I was the driver of our household for so long. You know, I'm, I'm in that front seat. I'm navigating. I'm, you know, finding out all the new information. Now, as I parent my tween, I'm taking a backseat role. So I call myself the backseat driver. You know, the backseat driver um, is that really annoying person in the backseat that <laughs> wants to tell you where to go and what to do and how to do it and and but and tell you when you're doing something wrong and you're making a wrong turn and why did you do that? So I've become that that a really annoying backseat driver, I'm sure, for my my tween um, and how do we have that relationship where I'm that more calm backseat driver got it how do I let her now navigate her new world this new venture and find out more about who she is and, and go through some of that learning together okay so so I, I, I love the analogy of a backseat driver but one that is not nagging but one that is sort of calmly sitting and you know watching the journey unfold yeah um, how do you find the journey of then sort of connecting with your teen tweens uh, because I know from my experience, uh, my teens, um, what I'm learning is certainly their values are looking very different than the values that we have mm-hmm. in our household. And uh, my constant challenge is how do I parent from a place of connection where I clearly see their values emerging and they might not be uh, in alignment with our values? How do you navigate that? I think for myself, what has been pretty neat to find out is just finding out how she enjoys to communicate, what that looks like for her. Uh, my, my teen is 13 um, and it's been talking to a lot of her friends and finding out how they like to communicate with their parents. What that looks like for us is f- taking a drive in a car um, and it's just the two of us. For her, she's described that there's not a lot of, you know, there's it's just her and I. We have that privacy for one, and we don't necessarily need to make eye contact, which I think for her makes her feel a little bit more comfortable. 
in having those chats. I also, in doing a little bit of research, found that really it's that small bit of time. So she's really only interested in our conversation for say 10 minutes and you have to capture that small window. Um, so I find that that car ride, that 10 minute car ride can be really helpful for us to communicating. Um, can I, I, I want to pause you on that because that's amazing. Um, and I want to make sure that our audience sort of hears that insight from you in terms of, you know, um, the part when you mentioned that they don't always want to sort of look into our eyes because sometimes th there's so much they're carrying, right? And, and without re recognizing that we yeah. might trigger shame or guilt or embarrassment. Absolutely. So much going on. And I, you just reminded me that perhaps that's sort of you know one of these tips that we can use as parents because I unintentionally um, not from sort of the eye contact piece but from a connection piece have chosen to drive my 14 year old to high school every morning and just like you said we have 10 minutes oh, in the awesome. car that's awesome um, but I've noticed that in those 10 minutes is quite often where I connect and he randomly will share about his hockey game or his day and it's me not asking any questions. I'm right. just being that driver. I'm still driving the car, but I'm kind of playing the role of the backseat driver. Yeah, and letting him take yeah. over that conversation, right? Yeah, so thank you for that insight. <laughs> and now I'm going to be a little more intentional about this opportunity and perhaps seek it out even outside of that. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I think, too, it's really important to understand that... Um, when we are in the car, we are a little bit more mindful because we're driving <laughs> about our body language. Um, I've noticed a lot. So one of my other roles um, in this world is I'm a CPI instructor. So that's a crisis prevention intervention mm -hmm. instructor. And one of the things that we talk a lot about is that integrated experience. Okay. An integrated experience is where behavior influences behavior. So when my my teen decides that you know some of her big emotions come out in the way that her body language is it's I have to really make sure that I maintain my own body language that I maintain if she doesn't want to make that eye contact mm -hmm. if she's not finding that helpful that I to respect that boundary that's pretty clear for her that if she's got her arms crossed and she's rolling her eyes and she's communicating a lot through behavior that i'm really recognizing my own behavior sometimes in the world of technology too she might be on on her phone you know it's putting our devices down it's being mindful it's being present it's really being there really paying attention to the little things that she's saying in those moments where I can see either her anxiety is starting to increase and I'm becoming a little bit more aware of what that looks like as her hormones change and who she's becoming um, and recognizing those signs early on. Hmm. So that that's really helpful as well to recognize that and what I'm hearing is model, right? As parents, we need to model that behavior for our children. Yeah. So even when we seemingly think that they're talking to us, for my eldest, it's all about his his games that he plays. So seemingly not something high on my value list, but when he's speaking to that, for me to be mindful 
and you know if I'm on my phone or working to set that aside yep. and sort of give him my full attention and presence Absolutely. versus sort of thinking well this is not really important I can keep you know typing on my phone and listening as he chatters away about his games and his gaming world um, but I think that those are what I'm hearing from you opportunities to model and connect with our Absolutely. teens and tweens um, because that that's important to them Absolutely. And when we put that phone down and look into their eyes, um, yeah. they receive that message. Definitely. Right? And showing that you're showing up to things that are important to them. So like you're saying, if, if gaming is something that is important to them, really listening and really just showing up, they're going to share a lot more. If you value what they value, they're going to start to share a little bit more and be able to be a little bit more vulnerable because you're showing that what is important to them is important to you. So I think that's important as well to just be able to really hone in on what, what their value system is. Wonderful. Thank, thank you for that insight. Um, there's one more question and then we'll wrap our call, our discussion up. And that question is um, in one of our conversations, and you know, many parents talk about my ideal child, and this is what I want mm. my ideal child, my ideal teen, tween to be and look like and behave like. What what are your thoughts on that, Dawn? So, and I so when I think about that um, integrated experience and and what that looks like, and what I you know what I my hopes are and my dreams for this ideal child are they're listening to me, you know, they're paying attention to some of my values, um, they're being kind, they're gentle, they're they're good friends, they're just good people, right? At the end of the day, that's what I value. Um, as the ideal child. Take that and flip it. What would be the ideal parent? What would your teen want in the ideal parent, right? Mm -hmm. Probably some of the similar things to be gentle, to be kind. So we need to make sure that we have that in the back of our minds that we want them to do A, B, C, and D and the and in turn, they would like us to to be the same, right? We They want us to be kind, to be gentle, to value similar things that we value. So I think that that's, that's really important too. I, I, and I love that. Thank you again for highlighting that piece because, um, yeah, and I'm guilty of this as well. Um, quite often, you know, when there is sort of conflict, my go-to wants to go into, well, but you need to do X, Y, Z. Yes. Um, yet from my own work in mindfulness, what I've learned now is, you know, if there is a trigger in my child, truly it's a trigger that's giving me an opportunity to work on myself yeah. and look at what is it that I need to work through that is creating this reaction Yes. in absolutely. me as a parent. Yeah. And how can I now go through this exact same experiencing witnessing it versus feeling triggered absolutely it. and and that's such a valuable insight for us as parents to know that it all starts with us yes you know we the only person we can control truly is ourselves yeah. and our inner being yeah and as soon as we do that then we are not as reactive absolutely. to what is happening around us so that's really really valuable and i'm grateful that you've shared that so thank you so much don for these valuable insights you know, the ideas of sort of taking that back seat 
in the role of parenting a teen, but a backseat driver, one who's respectful mm -hmm. and calm. Yeah. Uh, the ideas that you've shared around integrated experiences with your training in crisis management and how to sort of align and work with your teens in case of sort of conflict. And, um, and then the whole idea of shifting our mindset from seeking that ideal child mm -hmm. to going inwards and saying, how can I be that ideal parent? Yes. What and how it? do we react yes. in those situations yes. how where do it I doesn't maybe yes, align with? Exactly. Yeah. And how do I stay in a place of connection and acceptance versus judgment, which yes. is oh so easy to yes, show up. Yes, for sure. Definitely. So, um, in, in closing then, Don, you know, as in your role as a postnatal doula and, um, you know, sort of witnessing sort of the post-birth, I'd love for you to sort of share with us, how would you then define birth um, in, 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 you know, in relation to this teen journey? How, what would birth mean to you? I think it's just being present and in the moment and knowing that this is a new journey that you're birthing this new um there's a you know when you think about birth there's a lot going on right there's hormones your your hormones are are being affected um you have this new baby in your world it is a new way of looking at how you're parenting changing things up a little bit <clears throat> to help them navigate um, how they're going through this journey and that they're understanding that there's hormones involved, that our bodies are changing, that there are reasons why you're going through different experiences. One that I had to remind myself even was that, you know, for, for teens, their memories are changing their short-term memory. Mm. Um, they're not able to have the same sort of memory that they were having, remembering things, you know, that they were when they were eight, nine, 10, 11. That's all changing. That's all developing. So making sure that you're understanding that this is all new. It's new to them. It's new to you. And we share that, that experience okay. together. So that, that, that's really valuable. Um, and what I'm hearing then is that that birth is happening it's essentially as if you're rebirthing this child, yes, absolutely. or the child's rebirthing themselves. They are, yeah. And just as we, as women, through that, you know, when we're holding a baby in our room, we have hormonal changes. Our memory certainly shifts. Yeah. They're sort of now experiencing that, and it's our role to witness and support. Absolutely. Um, so thank you so much for your time, for your valuable insights, Dawn. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And for being part of this podcast. Uh, so much love to everyone who is listening. Um, and Dawn, if uh, someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Would it be your it womb would, email address? Yeah, it would be um, through the womb. If you contact the womb, then you can certainly get a hold of me there. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. And is it just dawn at the womb.ca, your email address? Yes. Awesome. So um, dawn at the womb.ca, if you want to chat with Dawn about all the amazing work that she does um, in her role as a postnatal doula. Thank you again, everyone. So much love. Bye for now.